where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Let me tell you, it's a slow week. (laughs) Yeah, it just gives us more time to celebrate us, right? Like it's our four-year anniversary this weekend. Um, Pop the champagne. Give us a toast. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What a time to be alive. (laughs) What a time to think that we've done this for four whole years. My gosh. Honestly, a miracle. Honestly, I a miracle. I or left. A I left our job thinking I would never speak to you again. Honestly, I was like, "Well, that was fun while it lasted, but uh, I'm off to bigger and better." And Wait, then um, how did we start doing the podcast? Well, because we did keep texting, and I went back to New York very briefly, like on a weekend trip, a few months after I left. And I was like, oh, all my friends are working. I have nothing to do this afternoon. Like, maybe I'll see if Matt wants to, like, meet up for a Slurpee. And we did. We did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look at us. I know. So that's, like, a whole other anniversary of, like, okay, Shelby Danes to keep this friendship alive anniversary. Um, and then well, what it sounds kept like actually text. happened is just, like, the rest of your friends were like, oh, gosh, thank the Lord she left. And then you came crawling back, and I was the only one <laughs> stupid enough to to take a meeting with you. I mean, possibly. I, they were so busy, Matt. Like, they were professionals on the job, whereas I knew you were definitely phoning it in. <laughs> I was desperate to go on a uh, <laughs> coffee break whenever. Yeah, yeah. And make it a Slurpee break, and you're there, you yes. know? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Make it an anything break. Make it a let's look at a piece of concrete break, and I was there. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why you agreed to, to meet me, because you're like, hmm. I, I guess anything to get me out of these. I doors. do feel like I remember this the meeting though because you were like terrified that somebody else from the office yes. was going to see us, so we had to like hide around. That is called a trauma response. You were like, you were like, we're, we're not. You're like, I'm not coming to the office, so I had to like walk someplace to meet you, and then I was like, oh, are you going to come back? And then you were like, no. Absolutely and so then not. I had to pretend like I hadn't seen you when yeah. you were in town. That <laughs> everyone was like, oh, Shelly was in town. I was like, really? What? And that bonded us even more because you love being in on a secret. I do love being so, in on a secret. That is true. That's, all the that's stars the, aligned. That's the true T. <laughs> the true true if we're using um, um, Cloud Atlas terms. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did I did get it a good review on our, on our anniversary. Um, we haven't gotten in a review in a long while. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you haven't left us a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, you officially have no excuse because this um, woman, she DM'd me her review because she says that she uses an Android, thoughts and prayers, um, but so she can't leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And then Spotify lets you leave starred reviews, but uh, you can't write a review. So she was like, in honor of your uh, for your anniversary, here's the review, and I'm stalling so I can pull it up in my dms and here it is okay (laughs) okay she says this is from susan she says i just wanted to say that your podcast is my absolute favorite i look forward to hearing your takes on pop culture slash movies every week you both bring such positive fun approachable and informed energies to the podcast space 
I and then she explains that she's wanted to leave this review for a while. Um, but when Spotify came out with the star rating, the first thing I did was give it five stars. So hashtag goals, hashtag thanks, hashtags blessed. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Drama. Well, I haven't checked the, the reviews or the emails or anything in quite some time, but if you have left us something, thank you. Yes. Uh, much appreciated. Yes. Always a pleasure. Um, and you can leave a review just on Apple Podcasts. I'm sure there's like other ways on different apps, but we don't check any of those. And the only thing that matters in the podcasting world, according to all the websites I follow and, you know, Pinterest boards, it's the Apple reviews. So really makes yes. or breaks the podcast. And yes. we're four years deep in this. So Definitely. it's time so we take we it seriously. So if we were going to be made or broken, <laughs> it would have happened by now. Unfortunately, we are just... <laughs> we're still this here, is man. This purgatory. This is yeah. purgatory. <laughs> we're still waiting for that, you know. The, the bubble, off. yeah, so that we can start doing our live tours, uh, get some right. sponsorships, mm -hmm. um, show up in the Comic-Con hallways We're to do our little... wearing people down, yeah. <laughs> slowly but surely. <laughs> With episodes like this, where we give you the tea and everything <laughs> you've been missing in your uh, week of gossip for the jobs we no longer go to. Uh, I, ha I have two good stories for this. Oh, okay. Oh, good. I have two. Okay, you do one, and hopefully it's not my single one that I have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, I want to talk about um, so Comic Con happened. Okay, you mentioned this, okay? Yes. And Marvel. Uh, uh, this is my is one this your story, story well? Matthew. <laughs> Sorry, um, Marvel did a a, a rollout or gave yes. the schedule sort of for its um list slate of films and television shows coming up. We have been working up till this point um, on in phase four of Marvel. Phase three ended with um, Endgame and, you know, sort of closed the story on a bunch of the original Avengers. Some of them have carried on into what is now phase four. We're getting a bunch of new people. Also, phase four has started the launch of the television shows. Um but we didn't really know like when phase four was ending. We knew that there were certain movies and television shows that were slated, but we didn't exactly know how they were fit in. I love or, this. We, it really or, makes me feel like you've embraced the MCU as yours, you know? Well, it's because I have to do all these episodes. So every time we do an episode, I look and see, okay, what's coming up. But right, they announced right, okay. that, okay, that phase four is, is almost over with. Thank yes. the Lord. Um, and that, Basically, all we have left on this is I Am Groot, which I didn't even realize was happening. Some kind oh, of yeah. um, television show that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. She-Hulk, which is also yeah. coming to Disney+. Plus. And then Phase 4 will be ending with the new Black Panther movie, which comes out this November. So then we'll be launching into Phase 5. Wait, but let's talk about this Phase 4 stuff because okay. um, we have to drag this out for the whole episode, basically. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but so Black Panther no, is based yeah. on... No, 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 but I do want to I do want to address this because that was the big moment is the Wakanda Forever trailer dropped. And I have to say I was super impressed by it. I was really pleasantly surprised. I think it's one of the best trailer cuts. I have I've to seen. say I didn't watch it. Oh, really? But <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but it was like all over Twitter. Matthew. Not but not by Twitter. I just I I don't know. I, I okay. Was like, eh. Well, 
I'm disappointed, but it honestly, we've talked on this podcast how it's kind of been a cursed, you know, show. Obviously, so sad the bur- right. like the, the, the burden of that, but also they, the they weird cast issues. Oscar. Yeah, and it was like you know they had to rewrite it. Obviously, what was it going to be? How are they going to pivot? So my expectations were in the gutter. It was like this is going to be such a tragic little shit show. But the trailer is sick. It's like, it looks so good. And it's all, obviously, we don't know what's going on. They said they're not going to recast, like, t- um, a Chadwick Boseman's character. Yeah. But there is, like, a vague hint that there is a new Black Panther. But most of the trailer is just about the women who are obviously just stars. You know, Angela Bassett, Lupita Nyong'o. And it's so moving. That and Annie he, Vaxer girl. And it looks so cool. Like the Ryan Coogler is directing like the scenes, the sets, the the culture of it all. It looks great. So that was a big doorbuster moment it, for Marvel. Does it appear to be bringing in any other Marvel characters at all? Yeah, there's like the a... Co- oh, no. Like existing ones, like... Like yes, cameos? like is like Captain no. Marvel or anybody in this? No, not by the looks of it. Okay. I have no idea. Obviously, they usually slip a cameo in there, um, but no. But it's not like a Civil War kind of no, thing no, no, or no, an no. Avengers kind of thing. So interesting that Phase 4 is ending with this right. because the first three phases all ended with Avengers films. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, this one feels very much like set up. And that's a complaint a lot of these movies have gotten is like, well, nothing's connecting yet. And it seems clear from what they announced was coming that it's all going to start connecting really fast once they enter a phase five. Well, yeah. So phase five is uh, and this whole phases four, five and six are all called the multiverse saga, FYI, which we forgot to say. But phase (laughs) five is some projects that we already knew were happening um, that we just didn't realize were going to be in phase five rather than phase four. And then some new projects. I feel like it to me, looking at this list, it is a lot of television and not a ton of movies. The only movies on the list are the new Ant-Man movie. We have a Guardians of the Galaxy and then uh, the new Marvels movie, which will be Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. But I mean, uh, that's three Marvel movies in a year, right? Right. Well, then we have Blade oh, and yeah. a new Captain America movie and then something called Thunderbolt. And that's all of Phase 5. The rest of Phase 5 is like 12 yeah. television shows. It's a yeah. lot of TV. Yeah. Well, we get Loki Season 2 and What If Season 2. Um, and then... Yeah, like a bunch of weird stuff. Some animated. They obviously announced the long suspected Daredevil reboot, which was originally a Netflix show. Then obviously Disney, uh, you know, bought Marvel. They thought the Netflix shows were dead in the dust, but they've resurrected it with the same actor, Charlie Cox, who had a short cameo in Spider-Man. Far No Way Home, the last one. Yes. But then there's also a Spider-Man show. There's an Agatha show that's presumably some kind of like um, WandaVision spinoff thing. There's an X-Man one. Um, so just a lot going on in phase five. But I feel like the the crazy thing to me is like the original three phases of Marvel, one, two, and three, were basically like you were getting for the most part, a movie from each of the main characters, sort of, 
And then uh, to wrap it up with one of these Avengers films, I mean, there were some other things sporadically spread throughout there, but like that was sort of what was going on. Nothing in phase four is getting a sequel in phase five. Yeah. Well, it's because they have so many characters now. Nothing in phase from four to 27. Like none of these things are even getting sequels at all. I mean, so far, because then phase six, all that's slated, I'm sure that there will be more to come in phase six that hasn't been announced yet. But so far, it's a Fantastic Four movie and then a two-part Avengers um, saga that will come out in 2025, similar to the Infinity War Endgame setup. And this big bad is Kong from Loki, played by Jonathan Majors, which I'm very excited about. I think he's just so charismatic and I could watch him all day. (laughs) Yeah. So does this leave you excited about these upcoming Marvel? I think in part, I, I, to your point, it does seem like it's becoming this tangled web, but I do feel like enough of the pieces have been put on the board that I'm interested to see how they start weaving together. Like everything has to start like, It'll be interesting to see which characters pop up and what, which I think might frustrate you as more of a, you know, like casual watcher, but might be fun as someone who loves a, a Avengers style moment. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's all we we spent so many years with the main the core four or whatever with like Iron Man to Thor and all that. And so now that it's all different, it's all newish stuff and newish leads and even brand new kickoff movies like the mar the marvels or whatever it'll be interesting to see if the story sort of collapses on itself because there's just like so much to support now but yeah i feel like this phase has been kind of a drag but i do feel like maybe that's just you know that's sort of classic middle novel you know symptom where it's all set up for the finale that's more interesting so i mean i'm just crossed. i'm worried like that this is requiring too much knowledge yeah. of the viewer because obviously that was sort of a threat with the avengers movies and that turned out to not really be an issue because Avengers Endgame was one of the biggest movies of all time and a lot of people went and saw it and I think that that had enough characters who had sort of repeated for a while and enough movies that had done well before it that even if you'd only seen let's say half of the Avengers movies you could like I sort of did you could still like piece together enough of things in order to have it be an enjoyable experience and to watch it where this I already feel like, okay, if the big big bad is Kong, who came from Loki, which I did not watch, and now we're getting all of these other television shows that are going to be in the mix, like, is this going to be tough for people? Are people just going to, like, duck out because they're like, hey, I have not watched all 20 of these TV shows, and that's not even an exaggeration. Um (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm, but even I, I if like, this. even if half the people don't show up, that's still like a record breaking. I mean, movie. it is. But I just wonder if this is like 
necessarily yeah. the smartest choice yeah. for them. And also, I feel like they've put a lot of effort into creating some of these characters, like yeah. the Shang-Chi people. Like, that movie was really good and I think set up a lot of things. They don't have a sequel on this list as of now. Yeah. So it's like, are they just going to be popping up and, you know, Marvel zombies as a cameo? <laughs> or... Or are they yeah. not making another appearance until 2025 when they show up in the Avengers movie? Or are they going to get another movie that just hasn't been added to this list yet? Like, yeah. how do they do deal with, like, the Eternals and Captain mm-hmm. Marvel? There's a lot of these characters who I feel like don't easily slot into these things that are listed so far. And does yeah. that mean that we just won't see them again until 2025? <laughs> or are they going to somehow pop up? Yeah, it's... It's definitely bloated, and I do feel like they're, you know, capitalism is a hell of a drug. You know, Disney's greedy because they know people will show up even if it's mediocre, even if it's not like well reviewed. Like, even their worst show will probably still enhance their bottom line. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Let's start killing some people. (laughs) I would love a love some kills. We don't need all of these cast members let's get rid of somebody let's put some stakes on well it. i think they said that the zombie show was going to be pretty dark and now that disney plus is like all in on letting r-rated content on their streaming service it seems like we might get are? some deaths where did we get that from oh deadpool and deadpool 2 and logan were all added to disney plus this weekend oh interesting and everyone's still upset about Lizzie McGuire. That's that's the biggest mistake Disney ever made. That was just that's going to be an albatross around their neck for the rest of the existence of Disney Plus. Well, that and the weird thing where they wouldn't put Love Victor on yeah. the platform, they put it on Hulu, and then now that's back over on Disney Plus too. Yeah, it's yeah. also interesting. Like I've been so Vulture came out with this article. This is a separate story altogether, but like they they. <laughs> they do a thing yearly where they interview all of these different people in the industry. And they also look at like the amount of money that these streamers are making and the amount of output and the critical response to shows. They do this whole big study on the different streaming platforms. And they've sort of said like, you know, Netflix has had a bad year this year. Mm -hmm. So that gives everybody else a lot of, you know, room to think, okay, if they can get their ducks in a row, maybe they can be, a real contender in the streaming wars, but that there's just too many streaming platforms as of now, and it's really confusing. And so I guess there's murmurs that where now Disney has Disney Plus, Hulu, and also ESPN, and those are on three separate platforms that you can get together in a bundle, that they're just going to somehow consolidate all of that into one platform. Similarly, I think Paramount Plus owns showtime so it's Mm. confusing that those two are on separate platforms and so that some of these are going to consolidate a little bit and i wonder what if this is sort of leading up to that of okay disney plus is no longer like the kids version of hulu but it's all going to be integrated into one platform so that they can try to you know keep all of those um members together especially because a lot of stuff that was previously on hulu's contracts are running up so you're gonna have hulu with basically just fox and disney content because like all the bravo shows that used to be on hulu are Mm. getting moved to peacock all of the Mm. rupaul shows that used to be on hulu are getting moved to paramount plus so there's a lot of that kind of stuff happening and i wonder if disney isn't trying to consolidate hulu and yeah um 
Disney well, Plus, and because in the UK, since... they, they don't have Hulu, so it already is all on Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, and so... Disney has sort of, I think, has stumbled a bit in the some of their <laughs> last couple outings. And then they yeah. also have all of that um, litigation now against them from the state of Florida. Yeah. That, you know, they're... Just trying Time to, to penny pinch. Yeah, get everything together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, yeah. The streaming conglomerates are, like, overwhelming. And I heard Netflix, obviously, this has been in the works internationally for some reason. Um, but they're going to start charging per household instead of letting you share passwords or whatever. And so they're kicking that off this summer internationally and then we'll bring it to the u.s quickly they said so that'll piss some people off and it'll start i'm sure people will start deciding which streaming services are worth paying for monthly so i guess it would make sense for some of these spread thin ones to kind of gather the wagons well and netflix also said that they might try something where they sort of have like a cheaper version that has ads on it oh yes i hate netflix so much it's so stupid you destroy television and then you turn into television it's so annoying to me yeah i mean we all knew that this was going to happen eventually <sighs> it's like there's only so much of a, of I a good, like hate capitalism <laughs> the yes the whole like um yeah, like it, this is basically just a new version of cable of it all. Yeah, uh, it I, mean, the problem, me nuts. I mean, the problem with all of these issues or with all of these platforms is that basically everything can go immediately onto pirated sites because mm. if it's something that's on a streaming platform, it's very easy to pirate. So there's really like no reason in a lot of cases why like they are the harder they make it for people to watch their stuff, the more they're just going to drive people to pirating it. So, and a yeah, lot of, the, I don't know. People are really lazy. I they mean, some people are, <laughs> but some people also aren't. And the lazy yeah. people also don't want ads. So yeah. <laughs> there's all kinds of things. It'll be very interesting to see how this shakes out because I feel like a year ago we would have said like, okay, well, Netflix is always like, is the top dog and everybody else is just like trying to figure out how they can fight to stay alive. Yeah. But now I don't know if Netflix is the top dog. I feel like HBO has way more stuff yeah. um, than Netflix does. Well, speaking of shifting trends, Instagram is determined to just shoot itself in the foot by turning itself into a bastardized TikTok. Like they've introduced this new update. Have you gotten it yet? Um, I've seen all of the people it's posting the thing that's like, I don't know if I've gotten it or not. You would but, know because it, okay. it's shifting everything from like the square grid, you know, pictures to it fills the screen. I don't know the dimensions of that, but you know what I mean? Like it'll be a phone width picture. Even if you post a square, it'll blur out the top and the bottom to make it look like a like a TikTok video, like a like a full screen image that you swipe through to go through. But it's already started populating like, oh, because you follow or because you looked at it. So it's not even like it's an algorithm rather than the people you follow. So it's just this mess. And it's it's purposely like driving up videos rather than photos. So this app that was designed and popularized by people who used it for photography 
are now just like dealing with another TikTok or they have to completely change to these weird reels and stuff. And it's just like ugly. It's confusing. The similar to how, you know, you have to click on the TikTok to read the caption and like it pulls up over the image. That's what it's doing on Instagram, even though most of the time you want to see the picture and not the caption. So it's a whole thing. And there's like a change.com change.org like petition to force them to change it back but they won't because the creativity is dead and all people want to do is beat their competitors by copying their competitors so it is interesting because i feel like instagram should know better as a company that is owned by facebook who basically (laughs) ended themselves in a similar fashion by changing the algorithm and such to a point where it was mostly like, I think Facebook wanted to be more like Twitter. And so then it ended up ruining itself. Um, I've seen a lot of people posting the, the graphic that's like, make like leave TikTok to be TikTok, let Instagram be Instagram kind of thing. And I wasn't, I was guessing that was just like based on the reels and stuff that are on there now, but I no, haven't gotten the new version it's yet. It's coming so. for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think if they, if they, on one hand, yes, I think that these platforms like do sometimes uh, change things for the worse. I mean, like Facebook did, like Snapchat also did, and they sort of like shoot themselves in the foot and end in oblivion. But I also think that sometimes they try things and then they realize that nobody likes them and then they revert back yeah. to stuff. I think the thing, the problem with Instagram is that it got cocky because it basically yes. took out Snapchat. Like yeah. it created a version of Snapchat and everybody decided that they were going to use that and then got rid of um, Snapchat. But the thing that Instagram was able to do with that was just incorporate the two separate things into one app. Right. So you had stories, which was like Snapchat, but then you also still had the grid where it sounds like with this, maybe they're not integrating the TikTok yeah. feature that well. I mean, I sort of feel like already they have all of the reels and stuff that pop up. And it's like, yeah. if you want to watch that, you can go watch that. But yeah, it's almost like it's also not going to help them attract the audience that is on TikTok. Like, you know, maybe their problem is that Instagram is probably less cool, more for mm, the elder millennials and whatever. And so maybe they're trying to be young and hip, but it just looks try hard and it's not as smooth and well crafted as TikTok. So it's not going to work. So it just feels like it just feels like your grandpa trying to be relevant. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like we like you for what you are. Like, don't try so hard. (laughs) Well, the thing is that Instagram stole Facebook's thunder in being the app where you put photos. Like TikTok is great, but you are not going like if you're going to a wedding or whatever, you're not necessarily trying to make a whole TikTok video at the wedding. You do want to take a picture at the wedding and then or several and then post them. Yeah. So if if Instagram is determined to not be a photo sharing site anymore, like people will switch to some other site that allows them to do that same thing because ultimately <sighs> like people do have photos that they do want to post online and lots of people do like 
don't have the energy or the knowledge to make yeah. a TikTok video. I mean, it takes so much time oh, to so make a exhausting. video. <laughs> and taking a picture takes five seconds, you know? Yeah, I don't know what we'll do as a podcast if I have to start making videos all the time. Like, the 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 photo shopping is hard enough, y'all. I'm too tired. This old dog can't learn new tricks, please. Shelly, you're not that old, but yes. <laughs> please. <laughs> Well, it's just, it's it's like, what do we do? Mm. We're going to learn a dance or you take a bunch of pictures and then you have to I put can't. it together, add I it together, do, it. do the whole like the day in the life of blah, blah, blah. It yeah. just, there is something aesthetically pleasing about photos. That's why they've been around for hundreds of years. And video is great, but it's a very different medium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this uh, technological rant has been brought to you by... Uh, to very tax savvy people, so please do trust us. Um, and I, Instagram, I feel like if you're we're listening. decently tech savvy. Yeah, I mean, you introduced me to Be Real, so like you're super yeah. on trend. Be Real is on trend. <laughs> I that's what I said, Matthew. I know, but you I said don't it know why you're getting defensive. <laughs> Rude. Okay, okay, well, what's the other story you have? My other story is the. Ongoing beef, supposedly, between Olivia Wilde and Florence <gasps> Oh my gosh, you're right. I forgot about this. Yes, love it. Do tell. So Florence Pugh is in a movie that's coming out called Don't Worry Darling with that you probably have seen the trailer for at some point. It's been circulating for a while now. Um, that's her and Harry Styles, and they're in some kind of like 1950s like Stepford Wivesy kind of uh, place. Yeah, that's um, great. But there's like some more nefarious undertones working. This is from director Olivia Wilde, who directed Booksmart. On paper, this sounds like a fantastic combination. We love Booksmart. We've loved Florence Pugh and almost everything that she's done. Harry Styles hasn't really done that much acting, but he was fine in Dunkirk and is an interesting human being. So we're excited to see him and how, you know, and also he's just gorgeous to look at. So the movie and the trailer has a very gorgeous sheen to it. Um, Florence Pugh, when she got the role, posted like very excited things about working with Olivia Wilde, about the film, about how she's excited to see Harry or work with Harry Styles, like very effusive praise. And in general, Florence Pugh is very on social media. She posted lots of uh, cooking videos. She promotes her projects. She's very much like a personality on there where she's posting her own stuff. It's not like through a million PR agencies. Um, she feels like very real and she has a big following. So the movie trailer comes out for this. And and I think before that, you know, posters, like different bits of news were, were coming out about the film. And Florence Pugh has made barely <laughs> any mention of this. And the trailers have been dropping. Olivia Wilde is posting about them. Harry Styles is posting about them. And Florence Pugh is posting nothing. And Florence also has been posting about other projects that she is in, <laughs> at, at, like, yeah. throughout this period of time, but also on the exact days when these trailers are dropping. So a new trailer just dropped for Don't Worry Darlings. She posts nothing about it, doesn't say anything about it, instead posts something for another movie she has coming out called Oppenheimer, which doesn't come out until later this year. So it feels strange that she's not posting Later next about it. year. Next year, Yeah. Which is then, uh, so people are starting to think like, huh, is there something going on here with Florence Pugh and this film? Olivia Wilde 
famously is in some kind of relationship with Harry Styles that started on set. There's been news sort of leaking out through Dumois and other sources that there were some issues where Olivia Wilde was maybe too focused on Harry Styles, not focused enough on the work, that um, Florence Pugh didn't get the direction that she needed, that she had to do more work than she wanted to, that the cinematographer actually had to do a lot of the directing. Lots of like conflicting information that's all unverified. But I think the most interesting thing that has happened is that in light of all of this sort of news coming out, I think probably to try to squash some of this, <laughs> Olivia Wilde posted an Instagram yes. that was like very effusively praising Florence Pugh and the movie and the work that she had done in it. And Florence Pugh, to date, has not responded or reacted to this at all. Yeah. So it's uh, there seems to be some bad blood going on between these two, or maybe not between these two, maybe just between Florence and the rest of the cast, or she didn't <laughs> like the movie. I don't know. But there's something going on here which makes this movie all the more intriguing to me. And yeah. I will forever be on the side of Florence Pugh and all things. Yeah. So I'm exactly. excited. I'm like, I, we loved Booksmart, obviously. I... I think this movie looks good, and frankly, it seems right up my alley. It, sure, it reminds me of like, yeah, Step Your Wives meets the island, whatever. But I am team Florence. It seems like it's hard to piss her off, right? Like, it seems hard to get on her bad side. But it also seems like once you're there, like, you're there to stay. <laughs> I also love these press dramas. Yeah. This was also reminding me of the Little Women press drama where Emma Watson didn't do any press for the movie. And it came out that, like, she had been sort of bitchy on set. None of her co-stars liked her at all. I don't, like, these kind of things just, I find. Yeah, it's low stakes, but high drama. And Mm -hmm. we love that. And plus, you know what? I, I, Jason Sudeikis also has my heart. And, that whole mess with Olivia Wilde feels very suspicious. And obviously we don't know, but like timeline's weird. The whole dynamic of Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde as his director, very weird. So I can see why that would be a messy set to be on, even if she was still able to like come in and do her job. Like it just seems like, ugh. No one but wants it's that. also weird because I feel like Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles also sort of has the energy of like a PR romance. Oh yeah. So it's well, I, mean, I saw a rumor. But yes, <laughs> I saw a rumor, and this is from a TikTok that was supposedly a PA on the set, but I didn't verify if she even works in Hollywood type thing. But she said that that. She, Olivia Wilde didn't like how close Florence and Harry were and sort of drove a wedge between them out of jealousy and then eventually, you know, had this affair romantic relationship with Harry. And so that was all like bad blood too. I have no idea, but it is very juicy. And to people's point, I'll be interested to hear Florence talk about it because she has to go on a press tour at some point, right? She has to do the red carpet at the very least. And I feel like it'll be easy to read her energy. Yes, yes. She doesn't seem to me to be someone who is very good at hiding how she feels about yeah. things. Yeah. So I'll be very excited. I'll be keyed in to these red carpet <laughs> interviews in a way that I have not been in a while. Yeah, we love some gossip. Um, okay, well, do you want to do uh, Love It or Hate It? Yes, let's do it. Um, 
Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Okay. So I watched this show on Netflix, (laughs) speaking of. uh, It's a true crime documentary called The Girl in the Picture. And it sounds very much like your bread and butter sort of mystery. I've never heard of this. Um, It's like about this woman who disappears and then – or dies mysteriously. And then her child is kidnapped and disappears And it's sort of this unraveling where they realize that they don't know this woman's identity, that her identity had been falsified. And so they're trying to find out who she really is. And it's like this long saga from like the 70s to now as they discover the truth of this of this girl. And it's all very sad. There is closure in the end. Like it's not one of those unsolved mysteries or, you know, I feel like the morality of the true crime genre is rightfully being re-examined and kind of explored. And there's a lot of weird ones out there, kind of shoddy, splashy, um, sexy type of like, ooh, twists and turns. This feels very like understated. It's very focused on this victim and kind of exploring the the failures of systems and people and communities that led to this tragedy. And it is like shocking, like everything builds in a really interesting way where you're like, I cannot believe that this is (laughs) this is how it happened. And so it kind of walks you back from the day she died to the, you know, figuring out who she was and how that all happened. And it was really compelling, really well done and and kind of a more earnest and thoughtful true crime doc that's not so concerned with, you know, conspiracy theories and oh my gosh, this murder was so brutal. Like, you know, it doesn't feel exploitative. And instead, I just walked away thinking like how sad, like (laughs) how sad these systemic failures are that people can slip through the cracks like this and how surprisingly easy it is. Um, And I just thought it was really, really interesting. And so as someone who sometimes struggles with the true crime genre, it was one that I felt was like not only a wild story from start to finish, but like a real thoughtful like character piece to kind of honor this this Jane Doe who who everyone who it took so long to figure out who she was. And so I felt like that was interesting looking at the generational um kind of trauma and horror that played out when it could have been stopped at so many different points. Interesting. I do love a true crime. Um, I feel like the true crime doc, is this a docu-series or a movie? It's a movie. Okay. So it's pretty brief. Yeah. And it moves really fast. I think, you know, it's like the stark opposite of that weird Utah Mormon girl kidnapping. And it's like that movie was so much about making fun of the parents and like how messy that whole relationship was. Oh, and like, yeah, I remember that one. wow, abducted by aliens and all that stuff. And this one is much more like realistic and to the point. And so it does like there's obviously a mystery unfolding, but there's a reveal basically every <laughs> it moves really fast, I guess is what I'm saying. More like a Dateline episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so I've been watching all of these pop star documentaries oh, because yeah. I've been working on a ranking for BuzzFeed. I'm almost through them. I have two left that I have to watch um, out of like 25. So I've, I, if there has ever been an expert in pop star documentaries, <laughs> it is me. I have watched so many. And I think one of the better ones to recommend that perhaps – 
people have not seen and will be toward the top of my list is the Backstreet Boys documentary from 2015. Oh, have you seen this or no. know anything about it? I was an NSYNC girl, so I really didn't like know anything about Backstreet yeah, Boys. Yeah, same. So I was also uh, an NSYNC fan. I, I could not have even listed the Backstreet Boys off to you other than the fact that I knew Nick Carter was in it. Um, and NSYNC doesn't have a documentary, yeah. but the Backstreet Boys do. And it came out in 2015 when they were uh, starting their sort of like resurgence comeback yeah. tour. Um, and the documentary is fascinating. One, because I think the, I think a lot of these pop star documentaries are very polished and you can tell that the, that the person in it uh, had a lot of control. I think because there are five people in this band, none of them have really all that much control over the project. And so they all sort of look bad at various points. <laughs> and and they're, they scream at each other. They're fighting. They're arguing about songs. It also has like a mild desperation of all of these middle-aged men who like used to be very famous, but like now sort of aren't, but are trying to make a comeback, but sort of don't know what to do with their lives outside of a, the band. Um, and they, they're preparing for this tour, which is interesting to watch a bunch of like 40 year olds do. But then they also go back to like places that they, lived growing up and so there's a little bit of a weird road trip element of it and they're all sort of you know uh like unpacking past trauma i also didn't realize that the backstreet boys unlike in sync where everyone's about the same age like when they started touring like nick carter was 14 years old and the older ones were like in their mid-20s so it's a very different age demographic and then also the person who found backstreet boys or put the band together who also put in sync together lou perlman turned out to be this like crazy shyster who was stealing money from them and is now in jail and was like embezzling and uh, convicted of fraud all kinds of stuff so there's really a lot going on in this documentary that i did not know about the backstreet boys and is very watchable and is definitely not a sort of rosy like this this pop star works so hard and is such a nice person and you would just like never realize that they never they never stop working and they love their fans so much this is like these guys are sort of a little messed up and <laughs> Like, it's interesting to watch them try to process that in different ways. So if you're in the mood or if you're a Backstreet Boys fan and you have not watched this, you definitely should. It's on Peacock at the moment. Um, and it's also, well, you know, like, under two hours. So. Did you watch the Jonas Brothers documentary? I did watch the Jonas Brothers documentary. That is also about, you know, their reunion and the, the Jonas trauma. Brothers documentary features a lot of sort of <laughs> cheesy, I think, kind of like pre-written um, <laughs> bits, like voiceover. No. And also the no. Jonas Brothers has some instances of like, okay, we're all going to like clearly sit down and sort of rehash our trauma yeah, right now to, at man. this moment. Oh, but the brutal. But the Backstreet Boys documentary is not that stagey. <laughs> like you get those same kind of things, but it's right. much more like on the like, <laughs> on the fly in the middle of a business meeting. We're gonna like blow up at each other energy. So okay, okay, okay. I, I think it's better that. than the Jonas Brothers one. <laughs> okay, well, good to know. Uh, a throwback. Um, I look forward to reading that list. Uh, yeah, it should come out later this week. 
hopefully. (laughs) Perfect. Also coming out later this week is our Thursday episode featuring Jordan Peele's third film, Nope. Nope. Yeah. We watched it. It came out last week. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. There's a lot to unpack. It's... (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of room for interpretation. I'll be Mm. interested to see what Shelby's takeaways on various Mm. things were. And yeah, we'll be back on Thursday to talk about that. Um, See you guys then. Bye.